Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here on the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. I'm going to be running this show solo today. Dale's got a, got a lot of, of writing to do and he's working. And so we're going to give him the give him the day to kind of get his thoughts together so he can put all that great content on the website, DKPittsburghSports.com, where you can, can go check out all of his great work, as well as him and Dan Kovacic. They were at the game. I was at home providing support, but I got to see all the things, look at all the film, study all the notes. And here we are. And as we're going to do every game, every po- po- podcast after the game, whether it's Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, Victory Friday, because I think they might play one Thursday game, because that's weird. But anyways, you get my point. Day after the game, we're giving out game balls. Now, if you remember my Showtime segment that we did at the end of last uh, uh, Friday's episode, my predicted game balls were to go to T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Deontay Johnson. So, of those three, my goal is to get them right. I do my best not to cheat here because I do have my biases, but we have to give out game balls. I will uh, give them out to who I think absolutely deserve them the most. So we only get three game balls a week. So we got to give them to the guys that make the big plays or stretch their play all throughout the game. So, first game ball does go to a guy that I predicted would get it, and it's T.J. Watt. He got two and a half sacks, four tackles on the day, um, four quarterback hits. I thought about giving this to Bud because Bud had a huge forced fumble, um, and he's taken part in now back to in turnovers and back to back weeks uh, because he he was the one that forced the errant throw from Daniel Jones against the Giants that Cam Hayward intercepted, and then. Uh, uh, Bud Dupree forced, you know, he he knocked out Drew Locke in this game. But T.J. Watt had two and a half sacks. He just kept bringing it, and there were several times his pressures were just start were starting to lead to to different results and to, and to more bad throws. T.J. Watt gets a game ball. I predicted that he wouldn't just have one sack in the game. He would have two. He in fact had two and a half. He proved me right. I know I don't really get a prize for picking T.J. Watt to do great because he is great, but. I called it. It happened. I'm taking. I'm taking my prize and going on. Thank you guys. Anyways, now my second. It's it's funny. My second and third game balls go to the position groups that I addressed, but not the the people that I that, that I called out. So second game ball. We're sticking with the defense. We're going to the secondary. It wasn't Minka Fitzpatrick. He he did have a not horrible game, but not a great game. He had six tackles on the day. No passes defense. Um, there was one play he got called for defensive pass interference that was a legitimate call, um, but we'll get into that later. Um, um, but yeah, so uh, Minka Fitzpatrick he gets he gets uh, he, he gets six tackles, but the guy who led the team in tackles and deserves this game ball is Mike Hilton. He had eight total tackles 
on the day, including a sack early on in the game, and including another tackle for loss on Melvin Gordon. He also hit the quarterback another time, and he had a huge breakup late in the game while covering Jerry Judy in one-on-one coverage deep down the field. Jerry Judy, that's, yeah, that's right, that Jerry Judy. The Jerry Judy that was a huge recruit out of Alabama, was predicted to be a top 10 pick, fell all the way down to 15. Josh, if you're listening to this, and he was on the live feed, he predicted that the Broncos would take him at 15. I thought he was crazy, and I still owe him a beer, so Josh, uh, if you're listening to this, you better meet me at Mike's Beer Bar sometime, man, because my memory ain't gonna stay this good for long, but Mike Hilton absolutely deserves this game ball. If you just saw the way he was playing throughout this game, especially in that first half, he was here, he was there, he was everywhere, he was tackling Cortland Cortland Sutton in the flat, he was sacking the quarterback in the backfield, there was one time he set the edge, he blew up Nick Vanette in his face, who was trying to block him, set the edge like he was Bud Dupree or T.J. Watt, and then when Gordon came to him, he tackled him. He brought him down. That was his tackle for loss. Huge game for Mike Hilton. He continues to show why he's such a crucial part of this Steelers defense, and you can't just overlook him just because he's a slot cornerback. Um, So, Big shout out to Mike Hilton. He was everywhere. I tweeted during the game. I I walked to that. I walked to the fridge and I opened it. And Mike Hilton jumped out at me and tried to tackle me. So got this. He was everywhere in this game. And my final third and final game ball here does go to go to a, a receiver. Um, now Deontay Johnson. I could cheat. I could cheat and give it to Deontay Johnson because he did lead the Steelers with 92 receiving yards and he got his he got a touchdown on the day. Um, he also led them with eight catches and 13 targets. I, I'm telling you, fantasy-wise, Deontay Johnson is a good start. But I got to go somewhere else with this game ball because Deontay Johnson also had a crucial fumble early on that set that, that, that set the Steelers back and messed up their first drive. Juju could get it, but he got it last week. He, um, he had... Uh, he had seven catches on eight targets, which I'm still trying to go back through the film and figure out which what was the eighth target that he didn't get. Because the the one catch that he had, that there was one catch he had that bounced off of Benny Snell and could have been intercepted, and Juju somehow caught it. He is playing like a wide receiver one, and right now he's my wide receiver one for the Steelers. But my game ball goes to rookie receiver Chase Claypool, who exploded in this game. When the Steelers were up 7-3 to three and they, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do, Ben Roethlisberger had one of those vintage, hey, Mike Wallace, Martavis Bryant, Juju, whoever's going deep on this play, go get this ball. And he let it fly. And not only did he let it fly, Chase Claypool got under it, tiptoed the sidelines, and then re-accelerated to beat the entire Broncos secondary. They tried to leave him in single coverage. Ben knew he had him. He put a perfect ball on the money, and Chase Claypool ran under it, caught the ball, and took it all the way into the end zone for an 84-yard touchdown. My goodness, was that an amazing play. And then on top of that, because it wasn't just that, he made he, he finished the day with three catches, 84 yards, 88 yards, so... You know, he didn't get really much yards. But what you also have to note is that he participated in three tackles on special teams in this game, especially early on. First play of the first return of the game for the Broncos. He's right downfield. He hits the guy and the whole defense or the whole special teams unit mugs him because they're just so happy that Chase Claypool made this play. It was spectacular. Great stuff from Chase Claypool. He gets my third game ball. So, again, week two game balls go to Chase Claypool, TJ Watt, and Mike Hilton, congratulations to them. They played a great game. Your Steelers are 2-0. and oh. I'm going to do some more recapping. Now that our game balls are handed out, I'm going to do some more recapping right after this break.
threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back here on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and it is now time. We're going to give a full recap on the game. And let's talk about what went wrong. Because this looked like a blowout in the making, and then it wasn't. And then we were all sweating at the end, being like, oh boy, is this is this going to be crazy? Are the Steelers going to lose the lead and then have to, Ben Roethlisberger going to have to put another touchdown on the board? Let's, let's go back through the game and what they did right early on. The defense was spectacular. I'd say the defense was spectacular for most of the game. They got tired at the end. When you put them out there, 64 plays going into going into the fourth quarter, you're putting your, your guys at, at a serious risk of eventually being like, okay, we've given the offense like 10, 13 different drives now, and they continue to uh um and they can and, and, and they continue to get chances. In the NFL, when you give an offense that many tries and and that they know the game is within reach, eventually in today's NFL, they're going to capitalize. But this defense, they play they played balls to the wall. They they came out, they said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna lock it down. Um when you look at how 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 the Steelers were able to hold on several times throughout this game, I think there were several times I thought that this defense was going to crack and uh, crack open. But they held the Broncos to five of fifteen on third down. That's one in three. So they, they did that. And I thought that was spectacular. I thought that, that that was great. That was a great job of them. Also, when you consider the Broncos were also 0-2 on fourth down, that's really 5 of 17 on crucial downs. So um, huge stuff from them. They get two more turnovers on the day. Joe Hayden had an interception. Bud Dupree forced a fumble. So they continue to be. Oh, and technically, I do believe. Let me look right here to make sure I'm not lying to you. But I do believe because they also got the safety on special teams. I do believe a safety counts as an official turnover. I'm not seeing whether that's the case here. I'll get back to you on that in a minute when I figure it out. But the point being, defense played great. I saw people saying, oh, the defense, they are falling apart again. Ooh, that's Tomlin's defense. And I'm like, oh, calm down. Okay, calm down. This team was lighting it up. They they forced the, the, the starting quarterback out of there. And then in the end, they gave up some big scores after several play, several drives were extended. We'll get into that. And don't get me started because best believe I am going to address the referee situation. Don't sleep on it. But first, we address the team. Um, I mean, heck, when Drew Locke was in the game, and again, this is a guy who's supposed to be the, the Broncos franchise quarterback moving forward. He was one of five for 20 yards. Now, Jeff Driscoll, 18 to 34, 256 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But Driscoll's also not your, he's not Mason Rudolph. This guy has started in games and actually done well. And he, he was with the Bengals before the Steelers. So the Steelers knew a little bit about him. Um, but, you know, I, I felt they, they still continued to get pressure. Um, they did give up some yards on the ground. Nineteen carries for seventy yards for uh, for for, Mel- for Melvin Gordon. Three carries for twenty yards for Freeman. Um, 
So, and then when you add Driscoll, a couple of Driscoll scrambles and a reverse to Hamler, the Broncos did get over a hundred yards rushing on the day, but you know, this, the Steelers early on, I felt like the, the Broncos, they were, they were doing a few good things right with their offensive line, crashing the Steelers down and, uh, and, and making that harder for them. But, um, but all in all, they, they they figured that out. They 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 rest- responded to that. Melvin Gordon ended up with an average of three point seven yards per carry on the day. That's not that, that that's you know that's average. That's pedestrian. So they did a good job there. Um, uh, but in the defense, the the two biggest breakdowns I saw, um, you had Devin Bush on the touchdown to Noah Fant, where Bush did look like he forgot he was supposed to cover Fant to the last last second. That wasn't a that wasn't a Bush can't hang. He just, Bush didn't do what he was supposed to do on that play. And he's a young player. He got beat there. That's going to happen, and he needs to make it happen. Now, I will say this. Bush did make up for it. He did make up for it with, on because on third down of the Broncos' last drive, they tried to hit K.J. Hamler on a crossing route, and Bush jumped it and batted the ball in the air and was almost intercepted. Um, and then, of course, Terrell Edmonds. And Terrell Edmonds also almost got a game ball from me because he had a big breakup early on in the game on a third down, and he had that sack on fourth down to, to basically close out the Broncos' offensive chances. Um, so good job from him. Um, I will also say this before I keep we keep going with this. you got to give credit to Kevin Dotson. I almost gave him a game ball just for the fact that he was there. He looked good. He blocked Jarrell Casey, who's a five-time Pro Bowler. He was—you he, didn't see him making huge mistakes in the offensive line. He had a good day for a first day. Uh, so good. Hats off to Kevin Dotson. He played the standard at, is the standard. So um, hats off to him. But when you look at the offense, you do have to shake your head at a few things because there were several times early in this in the second half they had a chance to put those those Broncos away because you look at uh you look at the th- you look at the third quarter and you're thinking okay the St- the Steelers they get the ball uh they get the ball off the uh at the, to start the half they get the ball with a great field position Ray McLeod has a great return gets it to the to the Steelers 47 yard line and then the Steelers go run run pass and they throw an interception. I think they get a first down, but then they throw an inter. Ben Roethlisberger throws a horrible interception after being behind the sticks, and it was just it was just continued throughout the whole the whole game. Now I will say this: you will look at uh, you will look at the, the way that those drives worked out. I thought the there were a couple things that that weren't fair to the Steelers. I thought the uh, on the turnover on downs, Xavier Grimble was mugged. And spun around, and he was jumping up and down. Like, how do you how do you not throw that flag? Um, so I, I felt like that drive wasn't their fault. But then, and then they did get a touchdown drive play, the the drive after that. But then, just the the Steelers were gashing. They were gashing the Broncos vertically when they threw the ball. When they when when Ben Roethlisberger looked around and they were running deeper patterns, they were killing them. And I didn't understand why the Steelers just wouldn't go back to that consistently. Instead, they kept trying to run the ball to Connor, run the ball to Snell, throw it sideways. No, forget that. There's times for that when teams are respecting your deep ball. Even when Ben hit his one deep ball, they weren't respecting it. They were still going to cover one. you got to attack those corners, especially when they're weak. And they didn't do enough of that on the early downs. That's what led to the fumble from Benny Snell. Uh, and not that Benny Snell, that, that the fumble was on Randy Feekner by itself because Benny Snell needs to protect the football. But instead of 
putting the ball in his hands, put the ball in Juju's hands, who was killing those guys. Put the ball in Deontay Johnson's hands, who was killing those guys for catching the ball. Give another pass to Chase Claypool. Give some time to James Washington. The, the, the reason you've been drafting these guys early is so you can feed them the ball. Feed them. And that was why that was the problem. Here's their second half rundown of possessions. Interception, turnover on downs, touchdown, fumble, punt, and then they, they, they ended the game. Now, they did end the game with a strong run. You saw Derek Watt get in there for J James Conner. I do think they need to use more fullback. This is, you guys know me. If you know me from all my time covering the Steelers and talking about the Steelers, I am not a criticize the coach guy. I believe that you got to get it done with who's out there. And when I do criticize the coach, it is because of a holistic approach that I thought was completely incorrect. And I do have to say about Randy Feekner and Mike Tomlin, if he signed off on this, I know Mike Tomlin doesn't call the plays. Uh, he just says what he wants. Um, but with Randy Feekner and the play calling and everyone involved, that was atrocious. I normally don't get on the, the, the play calling because there's plays that are there. But there were so many times I'm like, their secondary is ready to be picked on and bullied. And you didn't bully him. Especially after that Claypool touchdown. And especially, they get the touch. So, the Claypool touchdown. They get that. Broncos miss a field goal. They get the ball back. They don't do They get three. They go three and out. Nothing happens. Then, um, they get the ball back on an interception for Joe Hayden. It results in a field goal. That, that, that was, that was disappointing. The Steelers... Over the over that time, they start with the ball at their own 48, the Denver's Broncos 11, and their own 47. They got three points on those drives. Those were the drives to put the Broncos away. Even if you just just if they had just gotten one touchdown out of out, out of those one, you know, a touchdown and a field goal out of those three drives, this game's completely different. The Broncos go into a desperation mode much earlier, and you get more chances to make bigger plays. And that didn't happen. And that has to happen when you got Ben Roethlisberger back there. That's why you got. That's why you brought him back. That's why you're paying him the big bucks. Let him throw. And I understand you're trying to ease him back in, but he looked pretty good, man. He he when Ben when Ben was slinging it. Now he did have one really bad interception. That was horrible. But when Ben was slinging it, he 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 he, he was balling. So. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing to look for. And that's the reason why this was close. The offense didn't put these guys away. And then eventually, yeah, the Broncos started to get hot. I mean, let, let's go, to, so for those who want to blame the defense, let's go over the Broncos' uh, pose, uh, possession results. Punt, fumble, punt, field goal, punt, missed field goal, interception, punt. That's all in the, in, in the first half. So by this time, I just gave you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight possessions that that they've had, then they get another possession for ten. They get another possession for ten uh, uh, plays, and it goes for a, it goes for a field goal. So through through nine possessions, they've got the 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 uh, the Broncos have six points over nine possessions. They're averaging less than a point per possession in the game at this point, and then eventually, the Steelers turn the ball over over on downs. Broncos do get a touchdown. Now then, the defense goes back out there after, uh, um, uh, you know, the defense goes back goes back out there, and uh, they do get a chance because the, the the offense resets the game. They get their own touchdown, and then the defense adds on to it with a safety. But then, the, the offense fumbles it, puts the defense right back out there, and then you get you get the the Broncos second touchdown, and that was the game. And then after that, the Steelers go go uh, go three and out again. It, it was just rough. 
Uh, or they go not three and out. They got one first down, and then they couldn't convert, and then they had to punt it back. But the defense stood tall in the end. They they were the the MVP unit of the of the game. Um, so the defense, I thought, did a fine job. Back off the defense. What went wrong was the Steelers didn't attack vertically enough. That's the bottom line here. Um, we'll get into more of that throughout the week as more film gets gets evaluated. Um, but uh, but that's that's my feeling on that. Stay tuned here. We're gonna I'm gonna get to the officials because I know a lot of you Steelers fans want to. We'll get into that in the next segment where they got me started with "Don't Get Me Started." to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started with whatever that atrocious showing was from the officials. This is Chris Carter here on the DK Steelers podcast. You listen to Don't Get Me Started, the segment where I give a rant about something. And normally I don't go after the refs if it's one call. Two calls, you're like, okay, if they they were impactful in the game. But there were several crucial moments where the Steelers were in a position to to win the game, and and they won the play that should have put them in a better position to win the game, and the Broncos were aided again and again and again. let's, Let's recap a few of them. Early on, Joe Hayden playing in coverage, doing a good job, called for pass interference, it extends a drive. Still looking for, I looked over this play several times, still looking for the, 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 the thing that he did that was so bad that he that he couldn't that he couldn't do it. So so Joe Hayden gets called for a ghost pass interference. But, but you know that happens. You know, that happened twice against the Saints. You know, that's happened last week. Yeah, it, it, it happens. You know, that, that, that's, that's one thing. But then it just kept continuing. When you keep, when you looked at when you look at the play and then you go back and you see another I think there were there were six times the Chargers or the Chargers geez um, the uh, the Broncos got their drives extended by penalties now I'll say the one penalty that that, that qualified for that that was legitimate was Minka Fitzpatrick he did get there early on a pass that was pass interference but the others are highly questionable, like Dan Levitard's show on ESPN, highly questionable. It When you look at how, how, they, how, they, how they worked out, uh, Hilton had a roughing the passer call. He bumped, he bumped the quarterback with his chest, knocked him down with his chest at like a step after the ball, the ball was out. You're going to call that, okay, that's fine, fine, call that, okay. But you didn't call that on Ben when he was laid out on his touchdown to Chase Claypool. You don't, you know, and they never call that stuff on Ben. Ben had his nose broken in the game once, and they never called a penalty on it. So uh, that, all right, fine. You do that, to, you do that, that, that's fine. 
But then as the game went on, just time and time again at crucial points where the Steelers were putting could have put the game away, uh, Deontay Johnson returns a punt for a touchdown. It's called back on Cam Sutton for a block in the back. I At first I thought, okay, he was in the position to block the guy in the back. But then I, I rewound it several times. The entire time, you can see in slow motion Sutton's hands are up to show that he's not touching the guy in the back and then the guy dives and misses Deontay Johnson he jumps over him and then he runs and then he runs for a touchdown and they called it back on that and you could see Sutton's face looking at the board like what did I do because he, he never touched him and you see it in slow-mo it didn't happen it was a phantom call again that with that touchdown it's it's a quick touchdown and and it puts him over now the Steelers wiped that out because on, on that drive was the Chase Claypool 84-yard touchdown, so they made up for it. They kind of they, that, that's the that's the situation where they took the the, you know, the refs out of the game with that one, and that's what you ultimately have to do when you're when you're when you're a football team, when you're a sports team in any league. If the referees are making bad calls, you cannot say say oh well they're making bad calls. No, you got to go back out there and make the next play, and the next play, and the next play. If they if they keep doing it to you, you got to you got to keep finding ways to win. That's what great teams do, um, and. and we all remember if you're if you're a Steelers fan from the, that lived through the 2000s and remembers that well, you remember what it was like when Troy Polamalu caught that interception against the Colts, caught the interception um, against the uh, and, he, and he got up against Peyton Manning. It was it was over, and then they overturned it. And Bill Cowher said on the sidelines, "Keep your head in the game, no matter what they call you. Keep your head in the game." And they and it was overturned. They kept their head in the game and won. And Joey Porter said, "Cheat that." That's the mentality they got to have, and that's the mentality they did have in this game because they didn't just have one bad call. Oh no no no! Because after the Cam Sutton call, they still had another play where they're shutting them down. Devin Bush on a, on a on a second down play in coverage. Doesn't even touch the guy. Doesn't even put his arm around the back of his man. And, if, and I believe it was former Steeler Nick Van Eck. And he he makes a play on the ball. It gets, it gets overthrown anyways. And it's incomplete. And they call pass interference and the drive gets extended. Great. And then, after that, you had another play where it was Terrell Evans. And this was late in the game. This was on the final drive where the Steelers needed to come up with a stop. It was about to be third and long. And Terrell Edmonds is dropping back into coverage. It's a deep in route. He sees it. He breaks on it. The ball's off because of the pass rush. It never would have even been caught in the first place. And the guy tripped because the, the pass was so bad. He trips on himself. And they call a flag on, on, on Edmonds. And you can see in the replay, he never makes even contact with the guy. At first, I was like, okay, maybe he pulled his jersey. Nope, didn't happen. So then you had all that. And that's, and that's not to mention, earlier in the game, I forgot. This thing, there were so many moments. Fourth down, Ben's looking downfield. Eric Ebron breaks open. He's he's like grab, spun, turn around by his jersey. No flag, nothing. Doesn't get a single, doesn't get a single thing. And it's a fourth, it's a fourth down turnover on downs. And that was and that was the end, uh, and that was the end of that. Um, and it, it, again, it was several times. You had a, a punt return for a touchdown callback. You had a fourth down that the Steelers should have gotten extended, not extended. You had. Six different times penalties gave the gave gave the Broncos a first down. Six different times, and then on top of all of that, you you're still looking at situations where it's and it's 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 okay when it, if 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 the Steelers earn those penalties, one that's one thing they didn't earn those. That was the, you know and the, again the Minka one okay Hilton one is super edgy, but the the Joe Hayden one absolutely not. 
The Devin Bush one, absolutely not. The Terrell Edmonds one, absolutely not. And and again, Terrell Edmonds got a bit of redemption. He stayed focused and he came through with a huge fourth down sack that that, that was able to keep the that sent the Broncos off the field and then eventually the Steelers were able to close it out. That was just atrocious officiating. And that's not to mention that TJ Watt and Bud Dupree were getting mugged as they were coming off the edges during the game. Heck, on the play where Bud Dupree sacked and forced a fumble on, on Locke and knocked him out of the game, Watt was tackled. I mean, just you, you even see him look up like, what do I got to do? I don't, I don't get it. You hope that that doesn't keep happening, but that was a bad performance by the officials. I know the a lot of officials quit this year. So that the the NFL is in a rough spot because a lot of those officials felt like, hey, I'm not putting myself at risk here. But still, you got to do better than that. That was atrocious. That was bad. But kudos to the Steelers for overcoming it and finding a way to win even in the face of adversity. Because that's what Mike Tomlin always talks about. But y'all got me started. Well, the reps got me started. And this has been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, uh, anywhere that, that podcasts are hosted, we are at. Um, we'll be back with Dale Lolly later this week. He'll be back on the show with me having some fun. Uh, check out the DK Pirates Podcast and the DK Daily Shot Podcast. Both you can find here right on the Podcast Network. We'll also have our shows from WPXI, um, the uh, the uh, uh, halftime adjustments, the weekday, the week, the mid midweek update from Dayan Kabachevic, and the Fantasy Football Insider with uh, with Jenna Harner and Albie Hawksraider and myself, where you'll get my fantasy football advice for the week. I'm Chris Carter. This has been Don't Get Me Started on the DK Steelers Podcast. <laughs>